It is Matt Mosley's show. I mean, we're rolling into the 5 o'clock hour. It's a three-hour ride now from 3 to 6. John Morris has moved to 2 o'clock. The press box is, uh, that's a noon program. And we're just rolling along. And the man who used to be alongside with me for these three-hour rides, it is uh, it is Stephen Simcox uh, joining us now on the Matt Mosley Show. Stephen, does this bring back memories? How many time slots were we in? We did, I mean, think about it. We, I, we had a 10 to noon run, didn't we, for a little while? Yes, that was the beginning. Yeah, that was the beginning of the show, 10 to noon. Do we ever have a noon? Do we ever like I have a noon show or a one o'clock show or something? We had a one to two, I believe, at one point. I think coming off your accident, they kind of wanted to ease you into it. You were on a pitch count, <laughs> and uh, we had a little one-hour program. My my run sheets for a one-hour program were pretty good. They didn't take a lot of work. It was just sort of yeah. three segment, get in and out. But you, yeah. a lot of us are kind of looking to find ways to do less work. But, yeah. Matt, I applaud the fact that you're just always searching for more work to do. You're kind of like a super utility guy. You're just always <laughs> like, hey, Gary, give me give me something else. I want to I wanna really yeah. dig in here. And I never ask for any additional dollars, right? I just never right. even – that never even occurs to me. I was thinking about the way you were phrasing that. They were easing me back in. I remember one coworker in, in, who was trying to ease me out. All together. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that can kind of get blurry in the past, whatever motives were. But I, I, I was told in church to assume good intention. I don't know if that's yeah. biblical, but that, that's something I've heard before. So I try to, I try to look on that side of it. Where's the Simcox family attending these days? Are y'all still kind of checking Woodway out? I know, I know that uh, well, that College Street. Baptist or whatever, you had a great tutelage there. You had a great background there out in McGregor. What do you? What, what about these days? Are you zooming in, or have you been finding yourself? I want. I just want to make sure you're growing family. Everybody's in Sunday school. Yeah, we're we're at First Woodway and we're in person. Okay. Uh, Matt famously one time asked me when I had just kind of started visiting First Woodway what the pastor's name was, and I did not know at the time, which wasn't my <laughs> best moment. <laughs> but I now know that Dr. Paul Sands. So Dr. Sands does a great job over there. And yeah, we're uh, we we don't. I mean, I still think they do like YouTube service, but we're typically there on the ground. You know, we like to we like to be there for Sunday school and then go to the later service, eleven thirty, a little more contemporary. I believe I've been told. Um, so it's a good situation. Have you ever gone out to see what's going on out at? Uh... Harris Creek, there's somebody they brought in from the Metroplex and got everybody fired up out there, like JP yeah, J- something. JP. Uh-huh. Well, I, I I haven't, but I know when I when I pass by that church on the way to First Woodway, it's hard to like it's hard to find parking, it's hard to find a seat. He draws a he draws a big crowd, so I've heard great things, but I haven't had the pleasure of of finding a seat there at Harris Creek. I know they do have gluten-free communion crackers which is which is good i just i had never heard of that but that's something that i've i found out about them they're very inclusive when it comes to dietary restrictions 
Well, and you're saying that with a little sarcasm, but in my family, that is extremely necessary. I mean, and we, it wasn't really yes. sarcasm. I guess it okay. kind of was, but it... I yeah. I'm just, yeah, I like that. I like that. I made... If, you, if the Mosley's need to take Lord's Supper, you know you have a home now, Harris Creek. We do. We like it. And uh, every once in a while, it, it, we can know immediately, like, if something is is uh has some gluten in it like if the cracker tastes really good we're like i don't think that's gluten free (laughs) (laughs) oh man that's good harris creek out there turning the corner i mean next thing you know they'll have female deacons out there Mm. yeah i'll stay away from that one but i think that's i think that's a good thing thank you 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 you're saying you think female deacons is a good thing that's great. The last time I came on here, tech fans were mad at me. I feel like this is <laughs> get involved. In some I think you've today. opened up. You've 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 become a little more moderate of a Baptist. So I'm not trying to get oh, you in too sure. much trouble. Yeah. But my gosh, I think female deacons are a great thing, and you do too. All right, I'm I'm sorry. I mean, uh, Stephen, putting words in your mouth there. The uh, Aaron, I mean, Stephen, what do you think about this? Um, this uh, all, all this stuff on the realignment. I mean, this is interesting to see the latest. And now apparently Pac-12, a little late, by the way, the numbers are coming in. They got meeting tomorrow morning. The numbers are headed in. The Pac-9 is going to get their media numbers. Do you sense that there is a chance they salvage this thing with Arizona? Or are you starting to feel like Arizona's kind of like, peace out? We got to go join Colorado and did you ever think Colorado would be this coveted I mean it, it's amazing <laughs> like what Dion has done to that place yeah. I mean that's been a joke of a football program and yet I mean it's kind of you got to hand it to him oh I had a quote I was going to play for you from earlier today where is this guy uh oh um Dan Lanning did you see this one yet Dan Lanning oh, the yeah. Oregon coach was asked about Colorado leaving the Pac-12 today, and he says, not a big reaction. I'm trying to remember what they won to affect this conference. <laughs> uh, no, that was a good line. Yeah, it, it, is, it is fascinating <laughs> to see how much Colorado is being celebrated. And I think you're right. I think a big part of that's Dion because he draws so many eyeballs. I mean, there are people that, are rooting for Colorado simply because he's there and they like and they like the swagger he brings. They like the unorthodox style that he has. Uh, I also feel like it's been such a long process for the Big 12 to finally get somebody from the Pac-12. We've been hearing about it for really a calendar year now that it was trending towards this happening. And Brett Yormark has been, you know, very – um, cutting edge and seems to have a, a very clear vision for what he wants to do with the future and expanding. Um, so it, it is funny though, that, I mean, Dan Lenning's right. Like Colorado hasn't really won much in football lately. They don't have a great basketball program. Historically, they have a good football program and they won national championship in the nineties, yeah. which is not that, not that long ago. Um, and so it's, it's more than anything. I think the optics of it are really good for the Big 12. I don't see, I think Arizona's gone. I mean, unless George Klykoff just pulls something out tomorrow and has a much better figure than it seems like people are speculating that he does, I feel like Arizona's ready to move. The interesting part to me is, you know, what do Oregon and Washington do? Because 
you can make the argument they have more leverage than ever in the Pac-12, um, and maybe they could stick around. And if they want to keep it like a souped-up Mountain West Conference, and those two teams would have a pretty clear path to the playoff um, if the Pac-12 retain their Power Five status. But you also have the issue of this really comes down to money. Um, yeah. And if the figures aren't good, and the Big Ten's not interested in expanding then there's really not a home for them. But um, it, it's kind of a tricky situation for Brett Yormark, too, because, I mean, you don't you don't really want Oregon to be like a, a school that's just taking a gap year with you until the SEC or the Big Ten is ready to move again. But, I mean, it's a huge brand name, and they have their relationship with Nike, and they've been a really good football program for a long time now. So I think overall – it's uh, it's really good for the Big 12. They're in a position of power. It's um, it's something that they honestly haven't been in in a long time. You know, it, it felt like a conference that was always reacting. And um, I remember when they added UCF and Houston and Cincinnati yeah. and BYU. I mean, it was it was a good thing for the league. I felt like nationally, people sort of perceived that as, um, oh well, you know, that, that's just desperation. They're just trying to keep this league together. But the flip side of that is the Pac-12 has been very stubborn and like they just haven't added anybody. They, they weren't interested in the Big 12 teams that were left over when there was an opportunity there. They still haven't made a move for like San Diego State and SMU. And it, it just feels like a conference that doesn't understand or doesn't care how the wind is shifting in college sports. Um, and, you know, maybe like Stanford and Cal just aren't super interested in playing the athletics arms race anymore, but everybody else is. And so you're going to be left out in the cold here. If you don't find a way to kind of innovate, maybe um, compromise on some, some values or some standards that you had uh, in the past. But yeah, I mean, the, I, I feel like Arizona is going to make a move and I, I think it's going to be done um, before football season starts because it, it just needs to be frankly for the timeline. And, uh, and then we'll see what the PAC 12 does from there. Do you think Oregon should ask for a duck network? Do you think now's the time to flex its <laughs> yeah. muscle and just say we deserve our own network? I mean, think about what UW and Oregon could get. I mean, they literally, the Pac-12 network's a joke. They spent all that money. Larry Scott left them in a lurch. Larry Scott was like umpiring tennis matches. And they said, hey, come be the commissioner. And I said, okay, cool, I can do that. And he puts them like millions upon millions in the hole. I mean, his first thing was to go like buy up a bunch of office space in San Francisco. Hey, I'll take like four floors and we'll put this beautiful network together. Meanwhile, like nobody gets the network. Like how many, how much right. time have you spent watching the Pac-12 network? I mean, we're huge college football fans. We'll consume almost anything, even the Longhorn Network from time to time. I mean, like, how how many hours have you spent watching the Pac-12 network, if you could even get it at some point? I mean, I never have. I've never been able to get it, and that's that's a huge problem. Um, and also, I think you're right, Matt. Like, Oregon and Washington could ask for a network. They could ask for unequal revenue sharing. Like, there's a lot of different ways they could go. But, I mean, what a, what a proposition to throw in George Kalikoff's lap because he's struggling just to get a TV deal done. <laughs> And then suddenly these two schools put pressure on him to go the extra mile and do something more. I'm not sure he can pull it off. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a mess. And it, it's crazy to think that 
you know, the Big 12 was sort of in a similar situation two years ago um, after Texas and OU left, but they, they found a way to kind of lock arms and say, okay, we're going to push forward. They got the TV deal done. And it was like once they did, suddenly TV Network said, okay, we're, we're good. We're kind of tightening the belts here. And uh, the Pac-12 just hasn't been able to find a way to, uh, to come up with any sort of significant movement. So, um, but yeah, I, I feel like those two schools in the Northeast have a ton of leverage right now. And if they wanted to, you know, kind of say, hey, give us the moon to the Pac-12 and just see if they could match it. I mean, it doesn't really hurt them either way. Like they, they have the ability to move on. So um, it, it's a, it's going to be a fascinating situation to watch play out because those are two, I mean, those are the two bell cows that they're trying to hold on to now to keep this thing together and to not let it fall into just uh, a, another version of the whack or the Mountain West. Have you thought about the fact Cincinnati and UCF have won all these football games, BYU uh, has has been a power, and, and they're taking, what, the prorated type deal at first, and then Colorado gets to roll in here. <laughs> hey, we've won about 20 games the last decade. We know we're horrible, but we're going to take yeah. a full share. All right, give us our 32 mil. Where is it? Where can we pick that up? It is kind of funny, and I wonder deep down, you know, they were the new teams. They were the new kids on the block, and I think they're still excited with this Colorado thing has to make it feel just a little different. By the way, who's TCU's other rival than Baylor? Like who among all these teams that are left, you know, rule out OU and Texas now? I think you would have said Texas before mm-hmm. but who is it after baylor and, and like that's maybe there's a nice thing going whether it be osu or maybe k-state the two purple teams um what, who do you think's got the best chance to really dig in there as a tcu as you're kind of the tcu spokesperson yeah k-state's a good answer i mean i think there's obviously some juice there now between those two teams splitting the series last year in case they win in the, the Big 12 championship. Uh, I mean, from a history standpoint, I feel like it's Texas Tech. And, you know, those two schools have gone back and forth. Tech still leads the overall series, I think, by three games. But TCU's won four in a row now. And so there's some options. I mean, they have some, they have some history with BYU from the Mountain West days. But there doesn't seem to be a ton of shared vitriol there. Um, I think that would more be like Utah if Utah would make the jump over because TCU and Utah had some great battles back in Mountain West for uh, for that conference title back in the day. But Tech and, and K-State kind of make the most sense. Um, Tech, just geographically, and I assume that's a game that's probably going to keep being played every year, even with all the changes. Uh, and then K-State could fall in that mold. You know, Chris Kleinman's such a good coach. They feel like a team, similar to the Snyder years, that's just always going to have a pretty high floor. You know, at their worst, they'll probably win seven or eight games, and then at their best, they could be a, a team that could challenge for a conference title. Um, but I'm excited about, you know, the, the fact that TC does have a natural rival in Baylor and then some of the different matchups that it could rise with good programs and um, a lot of buzz about UCF. TC doesn't play them this year. I don't necessarily expect that from a rivalry, but I'm just kind of intrigued by watching, you know, their, where they're located there in Florida with all that talent and how they can kind of build a base. I know this is a big school with a large alumni base that's excited to be part of the Power Five now. So um, a lot of good options, but I would think Tech and K-State 
are, are sort of the natural rivals that would make the most sense moving forward. All right, Stephen, good to have you. I'm a little worn out, and uh, I think tomorrow may decide to just go back to two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Tell Aaron to record some of this and just play it back tomorrow. Yeah. We we have been known to do that. Uh, you know, bring some back. I think I remember people kind of commenting on that, but uh, we reserve the uh, right to to do that. Uh, Stephen, have a great one. Tell the family I said hey. Okay. Thanks, Matt. Always good to talk to you. Appreciate it. Stephen Simcox joining us on the Matt Mosley Show, the new expanded three to six run every afternoon, and uh, Aaron Sexton right alongside me um, now. We're going to give you an opportunity to hear from 